to see our new car park this morning. First time used today. Someone with a police car has already parked in the foyer. That's all right. I'm pretty sure I know who that person is and I'll get it moved later on in the day. Now, it's actually a day of firsts. It's actually the first Sunday of the month. It's the first day of the month and it's also the first day of spring. Yeah, that's worth celebrating. But even bigger and more mind-blowing than all those put together is today is the first day this year that I have not worn shorts to church. I knew there was a reason they were so keen to have me speak, and clearly it's worked. Now, as we know, today is also Father's Day. Now, I remember many years ago on a Father's Day, I remember saying to my mum, I remember saying, Mum, when's Children's Day? You know, there's a Mother's Day, there's a Father's Day, when's Children's Day? Well, I think my mum must have known that one day I was going to ask that very question, because very quickly and candidly, she looked at me and she said, Ben, every day is Children's Day. So yes, kids, while today is about celebrating our fathers, you pretty much get every other day of the year. Now, for those who don't know me, or don't recognise me because I'm not wearing my shorts today, my name is Ben Cromkamp. Now, I'm a husband to a beautiful wife, Katie, and I have two wonderful children, Raven and Atreyu. Now, my wife will tell you that sometimes she has three children. Yeah, I don't get it either. So like you guys, I just laugh nervously also. Now, thanks for your support. And thanks today for taking your time out on this important day, whether you're in church or you're watching online, to listen to hear what God has given me to speak to you this morning. Now, besides being a husband and a father, as many of you know, I'm also a police officer for the Tasmanian Police Service. Obviously, today I'm undercover. <laughs> Except now I've just blown my cover. I currently serve as a detective sergeant in the Northern Criminal Investigation Branch. And the 2nd of August this year actually marked 20 years since I joined the Rokeby Police Academy. So yes, clearly I started when I was about five. <laughs> Again, thanks for your support. Now today I just want to share some things that I've learned throughout my career that have helped shape me not only as a father, but also as a person. But firstly, I just wanted to answer some questions which people have asked me throughout my career when they know that I'm a police officer. One, can I see your badge? Well, yep, here it is. And no, unfortunately, that's not real gold. Uh, do you eat donuts? Yes, but I prefer muffins. Have you ever shot anyone? That's a real lively question, isn't it? Um, well, no, actually, I've only had to draw my firearm four times in the line of duty which makes me really thankful for God's protection in my life. Another question we quite often get is, do your police cars go really fast? <laughs> well, yeah, some of our police cars do go pretty quick. At times, we engage in what we call urgent duty driving. That's where we need to get somewhere safely, but quickly. Things are time critical. For example, someone may be trapped in a vehicle crash, there may be an armed robbery, or maybe the coffee shop's about to close. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, I meant cafe, restaurant. <laughs> Coffee shop's a bit of a 90s term. But yeah, there are times that I have driven at high speed to scenes that have needed it. How fast have I driven? Great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, about 210 kilometres an hour, I think, which at that speed on a public road, you really need to know what you're doing. You need to know the capabilities of you and also the police vehicle. We, um, 
are always conducting what we call a dynamic risk assessment, and that's to make sure that not only we are safe, but also the members of the community. Now, being Father's Day, and Father's Day equals car talk, right? Is that right? Yeah, good. All right, I want you to shout out, if you could have one dream car in your garage, what would it be? Maserati? Ferrari? Lamborghini. MG. Not everyone follows cars, obviously, but that's okay. Um, well, well, this is mine. It's going to be up on the screen. It's called the Bugatti Veyron. Purchase price is about $2 million. But I think it's actually a bit of a bargain. <laughs> now, wait, wait. Because it actually cost Bugatti about $10 million to make each of those vehicles. So you're getting like an 80% discount. And me being a duchy, I like discounts. Now, remember before when I spoke about how fast I'd driven a police car, I want you to watch this next clip that shows them getting up the Veyron to its top speed. Now, that is seriously quick. But as you can imagine, they couldn't just drive it out of the garage and get it up to its top speed. In fact, it caused nightmare after nightmare for Bugatti, who believed their claimed world record top speed at the time was indeed possible. Some of those nightmares included, well, to test the aerodynamics, they went to an F1 team and they said, can we borrow your wind tunnel, to which they replied, terribly sorry, but we don't go up to those speeds. They had to find a test track with enough straight road to get it up to its top speed, and that was in East Germany, which had a straight of almost nine kilometres long. You've got to insert a special key into the door, which lowers the vehicle to the ground and lifts up the rear wings to keep it hunkered on the ground. And to get to that speed, they had to go to Michelin to get some special tyres built, which cost $40,000 a set. And because of all the heat the engine generates, while normal cars have one radiator, this has ten. But regardless of all that technical stuff, the reason I love this vehicle is what it represents. It's about pushing the outside of the envelope. It's about doing things that people said simply were not possible. As James May from Top Gear described, this vehicle is a bit of a Concord moment. Now, while we won't all get the opportunity to work for Bugatti building fast cars, or indeed want to, there are times in our lives that will test our boundaries and push us to our limits. There are times when we will face things that seem impossible. Something I must confess that has pushed me to my limits is being a father. Many of you may agree that kids can certainly push us to our limits. Many times, my wife and I thought we're on this impossible adventure. Like we're too inexperienced, we're not equipped, and we've made too many mistakes in our already short parenting career. You know, being a parent, and in my case a father, has taken and continues to take a lot of self-discipline, patience, and self-control. It can be a difficult and challenging adventure, but at the same time, can be one of the most rewarding and fulfilling things we ever do. You know, maybe being pushed to the limits of the possibility for you is getting a better job, succeeding on a promotion, owning your house, getting in shape, reconciling with a lost friend or family member, saving for that family holiday, healing or recovering from illness or injury, trusting someone or being trusted again, being forgiven or seeking forgiveness or being valid for who you are. 
Whatever it is, big or small, the impossible is often scary, painful and daunting. And we are often faced with a huge uncertainty and fear even just thinking about it. Regardless of how others perceive the challenge in front of you, it may be the biggest mountain in your life. Something that has pushed my wife recently is completing her first half marathon, 21 kilometres Scottsdale to Bridport. And she did an amazing job. It had been a dream of hers that had always seemed impossible. And when our senior minister invited her to come along, she almost dismissed it because she only had seven weeks to train, seven weeks to go from the occasional five-kilometre run to 21.1 kilometres. My wife wanted to make sure I got it correct. Seemingly impossible, she even had other marathon runners telling her she couldn't do it and instead she should choose another event. You know, whether it's test driving a fast car, running a marathon or being a parent, in order to show that we can do something, often a lot of groundwork has to be done first. Groundwork takes concerted effort and concerted effort requires discipline. Now, what I'm talking about here, when I'm saying the word discipline, I'm not meaning like a punishing style of dis discipline, like punishing someone. The word discipline actually comes from the Latin term disciplina, which means to teach, to guide and to instruct. So what I'm talking about here is the training type of discipline, whether it's refining yourself, a self-discipline, or helping others become better. Because let's face it, we're not alone in this adventure called life. My son's name, Atreyu, one of the meanings is son of all, and that's a constant reminder to me that it takes a village to raise a child. And in case you've forgotten, you too were once a child. You know, if you happen to remember that you're still a child, or maybe you lost your earthly parents recently or a long time ago, I want to encourage you that you're all invited by a Heavenly Father to be a child of God. I still have and will continue to have not only the village around me, but my earthly father to help guide me, train me and instruct me. So in this way, we all have responsibility towards each other and people have responsibility and others a responsibility to us, whether young or old. But back to Katie's half marathon. She couldn't just get up that morning and run that distance. It took time, it took training, it took discipline. She sought much guidance, planned out her schedule and stuck to it, even if that meant pushing our little girl in the pram so she could get the amount of kilometres in every week. Our senior minister, Steve, and others guided her, gave her some great advice, and even when it was painful, she kept going. Is discipline easy? No. No, absolutely not. In Hebrews, it says no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. There it is, plain and simple. But read on. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. It may be painful, but it is rewarding. You know, discipline and instruction are integral parts of being a good parent. Children who grow up in undisciplined households are more likely to feel unwanted and unworthy. They often lack self-direction and control, and as they get older, they rebel, and they often have little or no guard for authority, something I see the fallout of every day in my workplace. But as it talks about in the book of Colossians, discipline must be balanced with love, else children may grow up resentful, discouraged and rebellious. So discipline here is about teaching, guiding and training 
but not punishing. You know, this type of discipline doesn't just apply to father and child relationships. Regardless of whatever situation you're in, whether it's teacher and student, boss and employee, sergeant or constable. But you know what? It even goes further to that. It even goes where there's no obvious leadership role. Because I firmly believe that everyone is a leader. John C. Maxwell says that leadership is influence. And I've seen firsthand where influence transcends the power divide, the age divide and the position divide. And when there is influence, there is possibility for teaching, guiding, instructing and training. You know, this concept of self-discipline, of discipline in love, is also evident in self-discipline. We can often be our worst critics. We're the hardest on ourselves and we have the highest expectations, which can lead to a sense of failure and disappointment. Our mindset can be one of defeat before we even begin. So maybe some of you here today are thinking, well, how do I even get that motivation to start? How do I get to that point where I can be disciplined to go on that journey, on that road less travelled? Well, Tony Robbins, a well-known motivational speaker, is often quoted saying, never underestimate the power of a minute. You cannot get up one morning and run a marathon. It takes time. But you can get up one morning and have the mindset that you will run that marathon. You know, the Bible also talks about the power of a minute. In 2 Corinthians, it says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And in Romans, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What these passages tell us is that there is an action. Turn our faces towards God, and with that, there is freedom. Do not conform. Maybe the first step for you is turning away from what you're doing now and turning towards God. It's a process that first starts with a moment. You know, moments are important in our life to help shift our mindset because in my work and life experience, people do not simply just get better with age. Years do not equal experience. Regardless whether I'm a police officer or I'm a father, I need concerted effort and instruction to get better. You know, every day, I love to learn something new and I love people teaching me that regardless of their position. If I don't learn from others, I don't get better. I don't believe the day will ever come where I will have all the answers. As someone from Global Leadership Summit said, you don't need to know everything, you just need to know someone who does. So this means that everyone, everyone has something to offer and everyone has a story. Different experiences provide different ex perspectives that can shine light into the blind spots of our own lives. And some of those biggest lessons we get are from children. You know, we don't actually have to be perfect, but we do have to be human. You know, it actually is harder for us to give the impression that we actually have it all together. But it takes humility to say, I don't know, I don't have all the answers, I can't do this by myself. We need to drop that image of perfection and greatness and instead be transparent and vulnerable 
by inviting others into the conversation. I remember about two years ago, working as a supervisor, I was in charge of a serious house fire that had occurred in Avoca in the country. And uh, it was my decision that the original attending officers that attended there were going to stay on all night because we needed to do what we call a crime scene watch for the fire scene examiners the next morning. And being the supervisor, they would have followed my every instruction. But a newly uh, appointed constable to our shift came, with, came to me with a different strategy. He had a better way of how to manage the scene so we could relieve those people at the scene and we can get them home to their families. And I had to admit it was a good idea. So I humbled myself, acknowledged to him that it was a good idea, and through his gentle instruction, we followed through on what was a much better outcome. You know, when we connect with others, and when we're open to learn from everyone, regardless of position, that's when we can truly grow, change, and achieve the impossible. But that's also true in reverse. You have a story, you have something to offer. You know, some of you here today may not believe that you have much to offer. You may not be proud of your past. You may have dropped the ball as a husband, colleague, friend, father. You may not have been there like you wanted to. You may have made some choices that have brought you into this place of facing the impossible. You know, that driver in that video clip, his name is James May. But his nickname, believe it or not, is Captain Slow. Do you feel like sometimes you're Captain Slow? Like because of the choices you made, that's your forever title. I can't do it. It's too hard. It's too impossible. Question. Have you ever failed? Well, if you said yes, then cheer up. Failure is an event, never a person. Own it, learn from it. Pain can be a great teacher. Now, you may be in the midst of pain and failure right now. Well, I want you to hear this. Difficult parts of our lives are just one season. Some longer than others. Don't define yourself by your past. Believe you can change. God knows you can. He can wipe your slate clean. You know, when we treat others and ourselves as people and not defining others or ourselves by what we've done, you actually create that moment. That moment for you or others to know this, that the past does not have to equal the future. So I want to challenge you here today. Maybe some of you come here today, it's Father's Day, we'll go as a family, it's a special day. But today could actually be the first day to the rest of your life. The first step in achieving the impossible. What are you facing that seems impossible and what are you going to do about it today? Is it your mindset that needs a gear shift? Is it the discipline factor? Do you think you're too young or inexperienced to offer anything? 
Maybe you've defined yourself by your past and it's time to look for the future. You know, I read a study, a hospital study, of 100 elderly people close to death facing their last breath. And they were all asked, what was your life's biggest regret? Almost all of them said it wasn't the things they did do, but the things they didn't do. The risks they never took, the dreams they didn't pursue. Richard Williams is a poet, artist and filmmaker. He's better known by his stage name, Prince EA. And he says that most of us, most of us are afraid of a thief that comes in the middle of the night to steal all our things. But there is a thief in your mind that is after your dreams. His name is Doubt. He will leave you blinded and divided and turn you into a kinder. See, kinder is lethal. You know what kinder is. There's a lot of kinder people out there. You kinder want to get a better job. You kind of want to get in shape. You kind of want to be a better person. If you kind of want something, then you will kind of get the results you want. You can't kind of want it. You've got to want it with every part of your whole heart. Will you struggle? Yeah, absolutely. No way around it. You will fall many times. Just know that there is no such thing as a smooth mountain. If you want to reach the top, then there are sharp ridges that must be stepped over. You will get stressed and depressed. But remember this, Steven Spielberg was rejected from film school three times, three times, but he kept going. The television execs fired Oprah Winfrey saying she wasn't suitable for TV, but she kept going. Critics said to Beyonce she couldn't sing. She went through depression and she kept going. Struggle and criticism are prerequisites for greatness. That is a law of this universe and no one escapes it because pain is life. But you can choose the pain of either the pain of reaching the impossible or the pain of being haunted with regret. You were not defined by your past and said you were born anew in each moment, so own it now. You cannot go back and make a brand new beginning, but you can start now and make a brand new ending. Great words about life. And for me, life is about moments and what you do with those moments. Do you give up or do you keep going? Do you partner with God and achieve the impossible? Because it is with God that we can do the impossible. You are not defined by your past and your past does not have to equal your future. Start walking with God today and see the power of a minute in your life. And my prayer is the power of a minute in your life, you would achieve the impossible and you would start a whole new ending in your life today. Amen.